You know which movie of yours I love, Mr. Lugosi? The Invisible Ray. You were great as Karloff's sidekick. Karloff? Sidekick? Fuck you! Karloff does not deserve to smell my shit! That limey cocksucker can rot in hell for all I care! League versus Ed Wood. No, I'm Matt Derson. And nobody gives two fucks for John Hunt. Because <laughs> we have no responsibilities all. here. With <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right, John. Vampiro. <laughs> Clay Inferno. All right. Welcome to our second episode in a row uh, featuring a wrestler. I didn't even mean that when I suggested we do Ed Wood, but last nice. episode was Roddy Piper's They Live, and now we have... Well, we assume it is. Are these all go in order? Uh, maybe not. You're right. But the last time we recorded a full yes. episode, it was Roddy Piper's They Live, and now we have George the Animal Steals starring in Ed Wood. George the Animal Steals, Ed Wood. George the Animal Steals, Ed Wood. That's right. <laughs> I want everybody to be to know that whenever you do see the They Live one in the feed, you don't need special glasses to listen to the episode. But just letting you know. But if you do, you will hear us uh, throw in the subliminal messages about. Yeah, it, it'll actually sound it'll sound better, actually, than what came up. <laughs> actually, what happens is you just look cooler. Yeah, that's, that's basically <laughs> that's right. it. This episode, though, we're going to record it in black and white just to be like it. Oh, yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah. So I love the it. gray one looks the dark gray one looks best. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, you know who that guy is? That the cameraman is the is the guy at the diner in Back to the Future. You're oh my god! I thought like it was there. That'll be the day or whatever it is. Yeah. Hey, would you just? But yeah, you want to. You want to. You want the Pepsi? You got to pay for it. You know. Wow! Look at that. I th- I was like that guy's voice is so familiar. Yeah, that was that was free. Bugging me too, and then I then I put it together, and I was like, it's the guy, and then I looked it up. Made sure I was right so that I could drop a little knowledge on you. Dropping the knowledge. Find out if um one of the cops was. I still haven't figured it out because I couldn't scour uh the IMDb page well enough to if one of the cops was somebody in the Sopranos. <laughs> I like still haven't figured that out yet. He kind of does, yeah. But kind of looks that like would've... Michael almost maybe, but like I don't think I have the ages or the time right at all. Yeah, I mean this was okay. So this was 1994. Yeah, Clay, that was back when you were monkey wrenching the system. If you think back to that day. That day. That that day. day. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of hard. When I I look back at it, it's all all rose colored, but it's all in black and white as well. (laughs) It's a little hard. So, of course, we have a lot of like Jeffrey Jones, Tim Burton, Johnny, Johnny Depp isn't. That was all just bullshit, right? I, I still can't yeah, get it. I, I think that was all made up by, uh, what's her name? Ann Hurd? Yes. Yeah. Amber, Amber Hurd. Right? Amber Hurd. Yeah, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think that was all crap. Yeah, I think that was. That she was making up. But I still think uh, it's kind of thick, right? Alleg- I mean, 
Well, I think he's weird, but I don't know if he's. I don't a dick. think that anybody that's this rich is not either a really weird or b kind of a dick, and c like maybe kind of abusive. If there's questions, maybe he did something, maybe he didn't, but he's definitely weird and okay, definitely let's out just of touch. go with that he's weird and we'll yeah. just not yeah. to bother with the rest of that stuff because we don't have any information on it. You're right. That's we right. don't have any. It, it was funny because when you said that, the guy I'm watching Ed Wood right now, and the guy just <laughs> held up the poster as soon as you said it and said, I changed my sex. <laughs> I love that guy. Mark, was it Mark Star? I, yeah, Mike Star. I'm sorry. He's hilarious too. Everybody in this movie is really good. This, this I was bringing this up because, like, even though Tim Burton has definitely fallen in the, <laughs> as far as making good movies, but as far as him and Johnny Depp, this was like the height of their. They really came together in this one, and it was it was perfect. I agree. Uh, Can yeah, I the, just say something? I feel it's important for any of my other reactions to this. I have. A I've never seen this movie, and it was. Well, how are you going to talk light. about it then? I I was He's watching like, it right now. A lost classic. You guys always say, "Why are you? Want, I want to see it because I want to be exposed to these things." This is one of my favorite Tim Burton movies. I can't wait to watch it again. So good. It is. It is one of Tim Burton's best movies. I think it's also one of his favorite movies that he made. And there's probably there's so many days where John and I will quote. This is a very uh, big in our our referencing uh, dictionary. Go back and listen to our Frankenstein episode where I didn't know what you were talking about. And I was just getting jokes you were saying six months ago today when I watched it. I think that's most people. Yeah. But, that's, but uh, that's because we're so ahead of humor. Yeah, that's right. It takes, that's the it takes six months for people to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, this is really, yeah, I don't want to say, like, I mean, Tim Burton made a few good movies after this, but I mean, recently it's really been, it's been downhill. There's been a lot of just weird remakes that don't look I very like, good. Um, I never saw the, there's like, what I liked about this was, that I hadn't seen it and I kind of was I think it was like a my weird thing I had with King Kong was like it's a black and white movie I don't think I wanted to see a black and white movie in 1994 you know what I mean mm. and, and I was just like ah, I, don't, I don't know about that and uh but yeah this is just like stylistically this movie is fucking out of control it's so awesome yeah well I think a lot of people agree with you at, in 1994 because it tanked at the box I, like nobody went to see this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just me and Durson. <laughs> yeah, right. We did go see in the theater. We knew who Edward was. I think that was a like not personally, but like we knew of him because we watched a lot of bad movies for yeah. for funsies. Yeah, and I think a lot of people though didn't know who he was or knew who he was. It was like, why would I want to watch a movie about the worst director of all time, which is what he was known as at the time. So, and in fact, Durson and I saw Frank and uh, Doctor Forrester. Do a, a, a riff of Glenn or Glenda a couple of years ago live. That's right. That's right. It was very funny. But like, oh, this, this that, is... um, did they do that as a show before too? Or uh, was yes. that, or did they just they do a live version? Did... No, they did some Ed Wood movie. Um, oh, I, I, I misunderstood. But uh, no, I think that was just it's just the two of them doing it as their live show as a live right. And not right. I, sorry, I, I didn't explain it very well. You're... No, it's just me being low energy just like last week oh yeah <laughs> they live Pipe. maybe they don't i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't i'm not living so but 
I mean, yeah, I think they did some mysteries. They did some Ed Wood and Mystery Science Theater. I don't remember which one. Maybe Bride of the Monster. Uh, yes. 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 That one. They did do that one. I think so. So Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Elder fell asleep during that episode. And I was like, well, I'm not going to watch a Mystery Science Theater by yourself isn't fun. Mm. You need someone else there. It's true. Yeah. It's true. But uh, I like the one my friends watch Mystery Science Theater 3000. They look like they're having a good time. <laughs> I wish I wish they invited me. Yeah, and I can't even see the TV from where I am. I can just see them laughing. So anyway, anyway back to the movie. I want to also we got to talk about Martin Landau as Bella. Bella Lugosi. No one gives two fucks for Bella. Bella Lugosi's dead. One best supporting actor uh, in 1994 for this, and well deserved. He is yeah. so good. He. Like you forget that you're watching an actor act as goes. Yeah, like he is so good. Like it's it's in it's kind amazing. of a rare way. I feel the same about Johnny Depp that I don't feel like in the other movies that he's in that I do like him in. Like I don't like you know Edward Scissorhands or whatever. Like I kind of feel like he kind of incorporates Ed Wood in a way. That's very realistic. Like it's like a different person. He's so young. I can't even believe this guy. I was I when I was watching, I was like, oh my god, he's like, he looks like he's eighteen in this movie. <laughs> he looks yeah. like Grant Gustin, the guy who plays the the Flash now. It's well, I mean, it was a long time ago, and he, he's probably done a lot of drugs since. I don't know. I don't know anything about Johnny Depp. He, sort of, he, he sort might of, be a nice guy. He sort of looks like he just got like inflated and then stretched out or something <laughs> yeah we agreed that he was weird he yeah. is weird he's weird. weird but apparently he um he he tried to combine the tin man from wizard of oz and ronald reagan's acting style <laughs> to create ed wood but he really did he felt the connection with he liked the whole bella lugosi ed wood dynamic because it remind and it, you know, I mean, it just, and that's why he did it. He said that Tim Burton tried to, you know, took 10 minutes of convincing to, uh, to get him to do this movie. And yeah, he really does. Like you say, he embodies Ed Wood, like, like, like nobody else could, and, I don't think. And Tim Burton and Vincent Price became friendly and it, re he, this is kind of like a reflection of their relationship too. I, I read that somewhere. Yeah, yeah, he well, he Tim Burton idolized Vincent Price. Uh, he had a, what was the movie? Well, he, he did some voiceover stuff for was it Edward Scissorhands, right? Or and then yeah. Anyways, yeah, Tim Burton did idolize Vincent Price, so he kind of he liked that's a dream to too. He played a villain on uh, Batman in Tim Burton's Batman movie. Oh wait, that was the '66 Batman. Never mind. <laughs> I would have been, I'm sure Tim Burton would have loved it. He probably would have. I do have to say, so this, the movie is pretty accurate, but it does sort of look at it through. Uh, Tim Burton even admits he wanted it to be more like how, because Edward was very positive. Like he's very like, yay, almost, you know, it's like my oh, next like one will be better. Like, like you know? they're reading the reviews and they say, well, the right. costumes for the play that they put on, the, well, the costumes are, are accurate. And he's like, look at there's something right there. There's yeah, something positive. I feel like if of... we were all hanging out in their movie studio, like I would be 
like Ed Wood, and you guys would be like, well, the fuck? We'd be the two old guys from the Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Bring in the mean. Hey, we're there working is, on it. There is no, some, there's a lot of darkness a in Ed Wood's life. Like, he died. But he was like, alcohol, yeah, he was like an alcoholic. You know? yeah. <laughs> he did a lot of porn after. after. Oh, we saw that, at whatever that was. Was that Orgy of the Dead or something? Yeah, where, Orgy of the Dead. Where's like a guy in a bad mummy costume and like Frankenstein and the Wolfman or something. They're all just watching topless women come out and dance. Yeah. And we're like, is there going to be anything like funny about this? That's like, because <laughs> we had no idea. We just, yeah, you, know, you think, oh, an Ed Wood Ed movie is going to be great. Gonna be, yeah. Funny. Because it, it like all those videos were released. Ed Wood. At around the time of this movie coming out so you know you just go to blockbuster and you pick out an ed wood movie and you didn't know you were just going to be stuck watching uh it's you like, know titty yeah. flick for <laughs> an hour and a half it, like what's you know, a it's blockbuster oh, oh go it's back a blockbuster so video yeah. episode. back a few weeks in the feed but uh i mean like I, i'm glad they don't go into i mean i really i'm glad they didn't get into any of that like it's not really the, the story that I think people want to see, you know, that well, this is like highly stylized and of the era too. Like when I, I love the aviator and this isn't really like that, but it has like all the, he shoots this in like a real ho- old Hollywood style and everything. And like shows the old Hollywood, everything like a love letter to that cinematography back then. And also like how he paces the dialogue and, and certain shots seem like they're either right from the Ed Wood movies or like other stuff at the time. That is true. There's a lot of great moments. Like the scene where uh, in Glen or Glenda where it's Sarah Jessica Parker in I mean, Ed Wood it's Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> she takes off her Angora sweater and like hands it to him. That is like right out of Glen or Glenda. It's crazy. Like it's it's yeah a lot of shots are recreated. Yeah. It's sort of like the 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 room, the disaster artist, except it seems like in Ed Wood, they were doing it like to f- move the story at- along, and it seemed like in the Disaster Artist, they just wanted to recreate the scenes of like, oh hi Mark, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't want to get off track, but I didn't. Really, I, the Disaster Artist was kind of disappointing. I thought. I agree. Like, yeah, and this is like 26 years ago, <laughs> many years before the Disaster Artist, and this one got it totally right, and that one was just kind of like. They didn't. They weren't even making fun of him in a fun way. Like they made him out to be this. Like <laughs> they didn't even focus on the fact that he's a total weirdo. But anyway, Ed Wood. <laughs> Come on. Yes, I don't remember what I was going to say, but uh, I mean, it's a great movie. It's. You're I think it's Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah. Oh yeah, she. You know, she takes off her Angora sweater. So that's the thing. Like the because. But like she's. It's funny because Sarah Jessica Parker is kind of the only character that kind of like points out how they're all like the movies are shit. And like she says in that one scene, when she's like, like yeah, these movies are terrible. Yeah. It's, it's like funny. Cause he's like, what are you like? Ed is like crushed. Like this has never occurred to him. You know, <laughs> these movies are terrible, <laughs> but that's, that's I, like the cool thing about it. Yeah. I like the, the gumption of the Ed Wood that they present in this movie where he's like, okay, we got that scene, cut it, let's go, like, just move along. Like, I feel like that's, like, inspiring as, like, a creative person, just be like, okay, yeah, well, we can't afford to do anything else, so let's just move along. We have 24 other scenes to shoot today. I do, right. I do like the scene where they're filming in front of the, like, lingerie shop or the 
when he's looking through the window and they're like, cops, we don't have a permit. Run. You know? yeah, I, I like that scene a lot. And then when he's like, when, when Tor Johnson like bumps the door and he's trying to get through the door and he's like, okay, cut it, move on. And he's like, Ed, do you want to shoot it again? It looks like Baldy there couldn't get through the door. And he's like, Oh, no. He'd actually have a hard yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, he'd have that problem every day in real life. Like, related to that is like where Bella Lugosi walks out the door and he's like, and he's giving them direction. He's like, okay, now you're, you're, you're upset because of that, of uh, like what's going yeah. on. He's like, not that upset, you know. You know, you're not that upset. <laughs> and then he gives the same direction to Tor. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not that upset either. I know it's so funny. Like he's just yelling. I love the old school Hollywood like uh, director uh, like megaphone thing. I love <laughs> yeah. that. And he's like talking to them all. They all like form a circle around him. He's still like talking to the megaphone. Like, see what Bella gets here. You see what? <laughs> Everyone. But uh, the funny thing too. So a lot of the Bella Lugosi stuff is like he was. I mean, that's a lot of that's true. But apparently, he was a very. Uh, he never swore like he was a very regal sort of man. Yeah. So when one when thing I read, but he did um, uh, when he filmed with Abbott and Costello when like Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein and he reprised his role as Dracula. But apparently there are a lot of shenanigans in between like takes and like they'd be pulling pranks and this and that. But they always left Bella alone because he was very serious, very serious. <laughs> I, do not, I do not engage in shenanigans. Yeah, so they, they said he was fine to work with, but he just was like, didn't want any part of like no them acting goofy and playing joke. Yeah, no BS. Eddie. But it, you know, it makes for a funnier. It makes for some really funny lines. I mean, just like when he says, "Karloff does not deserve to smell my shit." Lightning <laughs> cocksucker can run in hell for all I care. Um, <laughs> I, saw, I kept quoting the movie as I was watching it. And Mrs. <laughs> L- I haven't watched it in I don't know how many years, but she was like, how do you remember all this? And I was like, I don't mean, Durson, they're still making reference to like, Karloff, sidekick, let's shoot this fucker. Yeah. You know, I love that. Do. Yeah, when it, he's, he has to, like, first of all, they show him about to shoot up, right? He, they're, they're doing the night shoot with the octopus, which is hilarious. Right, yeah. He goes down. I mean, at first he's kind of like, uh, and then he comes out like after he's yeah after he's shot up, he's all like, "Hey, let's shoot this fucker!" It's great. And then he's like, "All right, need you to just lay down there next to the octopus." And you know, he's like, "Where's the motor? Where's the engine?" And it's, uh, we forgot it. So just thrash, you know, like thrash around and move the tentacles around. Make it look like he's killing you. <laughs> he's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like i turned down frankenstein it's you know or whatever he says like he's but then he he does it which is the great thing about like the movie that i think the message of the movie is like these people do this stuff for ed because they like him and he is so positive and so like he has that energy because even yeah it's like because in that scene he's like well there he's like uh, Ed says to Bella, he's like, uh, a guy like you shouldn't be, uh, you know, lying around in the muck at 2 a.m. And he's like, well, there's not too many guys I would have done it for, Eddie. You know, it's like, it's a nice. Yeah, the relationship's very sweet. Yeah. And even in the, the baptism scene, which is uh, one of my favorite scenes, too, where because they have to get baptized to, to have the 
because this guy's going to finance their movie. <laughs> if it's like yeah, it was a charge. Yeah. yeah. They're going to finance the movie. So they all have to get baptized. And Bill Murray, who is also awesome in this Bunny Breckenridge, when he says, do you reject Satan and all of his evils? And he goes, sure. And then he <laughs> dumps, dumps him in the pool. And then he says, how do you do it? How do you get everyone you know to get baptized so you can make a a, a monster movie? And he says, and Ed's like, it's not a monster movie. It's a sci-fi thriller or something like that. <laughs> but that's what's how a great. How is Bill that's... Murray literally so good in everything he's in? And he's always Bill Murray. It doesn't matter what you how old he is or anything this is so good well this is kind of in that weird phase in the 90s or he wasn't he wasn't really bill murray he was the man that knew too little in the movie about the elephant that was was what about bob and groundhog day that was i think groundhog day was a few years a couple years before this what about groundhog day was the year before it was oh, really? three, I think. Yeah. What about oh. Bob was 91? I see. I can remember these things about who I was dating at the time. So, <laughs> all right. But this is before all those like Rushmore and all those. Like, yeah. He had know, like a uh, period of like three or four years where he was doing some just like some crap. And, yeah. Well, but, you know, I think a lot of actors go through that. Sure. Sure. Like yeah. John like, Travolta. This- he does goes one good movie and then uh, and does all crap and then 25 years later does one good movie and they're like he's back and then he just does all crap again yeah i mean it's just but i think to me maybe it's just me but i hadn't seen bill murray do anything like kind of not serious but where he wasn't basically playing bill murray you know like he had that down like he in, like in scrooged he, he's basically playing venkman in most of his movies right i mean yeah well, I mean, but, if you see Stripes, he's playing that character, too. They're all the same. Sure. So. You go by that. I mean, I think his most famous role was probably Ghostbusters by, at this point. But like, this was the He was playing someone different. He was playing this very out, very flamboyant gay character in 1994, which was kind of cool. And, you know, the character was, this was in the, this was set in the 50s. So he was like. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to get a sex change, which that conversation is so funny when they're at the wrestling Oh yeah, there, and he's like goodbye penis, and then takes a bite of the hot dog. But <laughs> it's so natural, it. like it's like it's like it's the exclamation point on the on the on his sentence, you know, where it just right. it's it it's like it's funny. He says goodbye penis, but then he eats the hot dog. But it's 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 subtle and it's not all at the same time, and it just made me right. burst out laughing because I had forgotten that joke. It is a great joke, and I love Sarah and Parker is like. Can you keep it down? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, but he says, I love, cause that, but that was true. He did try to get a sex change a couple times and uh, never, the real Bunny Breckenridge and it never happened. But um, he, he, he was one of the, he'd only, he was only ever in Plan 9. He didn't star in any other Ed Wood movies, but he did help behind the scenes a lot. And he was Ed's friend and just, I don't know. It's just hilarious. All these people who just became friends of it. It was like this, like you're moving along this journey. You know, he meets Criswell, who's Jeffrey Jones, who yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that he's a creep, right? Yeah, yeah, that one, that one is, yeah, they, he's a creep. So, but at the time, I was like, oh my god, it's the principal from Ferris Bueller. Like, yeah. You know, but he he did look exactly like Criswell. They did a great job. Yeah. All the makeup. Everybody yeah, they made did. everyone look pretty much yeah. like the people they were portraying. Yeah. 
Chris Well, of course, used to be on the Tonight Show a lot, like predicting the future and all this stuff. But I love Ed Wood doesn't, or at least in this movie, he's like, "How'd you know we'd be living on Mars in you know twenty years?" He's like, "I made it up." Like you know, like, <laughs> that, but that's the thing is that Ed is so uh, naive and innocent that he's just sort of in awe of everything. Yeah, it's, it's so good. Again, just like me, naive and innocent. Probably yeah. That's, the, that's your next podcast. Not even innocent. Clay Inferno. Sorry, that was a joke from before we started recording. Yeah, you won't get it. Yep. I'm Just glad like I have the crack. Takes you six months to get the joke. <laughs> <It's> six <laughs> In six months' time, you'll be like, "That's fucking hilarious." That's Just right. like when it's... Data was laughing at Jordy's joke from. The first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation in Generations the Movie. Go back and listen to our Star Trek podcast episodes. Yeah, our watch that. along. Yeah. See how annoying we thought data actually was with all that uh, yeah, no, yeah. motion shit. I, I still stand by that. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> um this was also in Tim Burton. I guess he's probably, I don't know, he maybe still does it. This was also in the, the Tim Burton's face where he puts Lisa Marie in every movie. And she is Vampira, who is basically the Elvira, like, sort of wannabe. I don't know how you... No, she, she was Elvira before. first, Elvira. right. But Vampire because she tried to sue her, uh, sue Elvira, but unsuccessfully in the 80s. I know a lot about Vampira. I could go on. Really? Oh yeah, because there's I'm I'm bringing the um the goth mean? and and rock and roll uh horror punk uh drop a little horror punk knowledge on us. Mm. Well, anyways, Vampira, uh, yeah. Well, I already I already said the one big thing. Okay, that's it. But no, the Misfits have a Vampira song, and the Damned have a Plan Nine song. Um, and just like there's tons of references in horror punk, which my band used to be in that sort of genre for all this stuff from Vampira to Elvira to the boobies. But it was like the same thing. Like Vampira had like a TV show to be like, we're watching the creature from the black lagoon, just like Elvira does. Hmm. Uh, how do you unsuccessfully sue her? I mean, clearly Elvira like, well, I mean, there are, there are a bunch <laughs> of, you like, know, just local horror hosts that all do, yeah, do stuff. Does That's what I mean. Thing. Yeah. It's just uh, Elvira just happened to be uh, go national and become moderately successful. Hmm. I, yeah, I would say she was pretty successful, but man, yeah. it's, it's a bummer. For I mean, with I mean, tale. anybody that has an Oak Ridge Boys song, you know, come on, <laughs> you know, you've made it then. A boo bop mow mow. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of hate that song, but. Oh well. So yeah, what else? We also, talked a little bit. Landau's daughter appears in the movie as, yes. uh, as the lady that uh, wants to be in the movie and says she'll, and she gives the three hundred dollars when Edward thinks he's she's going to give whatever it was sixty grand or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah and speaking of creeps, uh, she does go. Her performance in this made Joss Whedon ask her to be Drusilla, who's a huge character, like a bad, she's a baddie in uh, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, look at see. Listen to our Serenity episode if you want to listen to about uh, other creeps. <laughs> Even though, oh, other creeps. Yeah. Yes. Take me yeah, to so... the promised land. 
and of course, George Animal Steel, we talked about a little bit, but George the Animal Steel was, uh, he looked exactly, he does look a lot like Tor Johnson, although I don't think Tor Johnson in real life talked the no, way he, he talks. He, he didn't talk well, look at my feet next. Do the toes. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's eating a whole chicken while he, yeah. walks, <laughs> he walks in getting stuff. And I love it. He's like, I'm a movie producer. And he's like, but the Mickey Mouse? Sure. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That whole chicken thing is kind of like uh, Babe Ruth kind of thing. Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth used to eat like that. Oh, yeah, well, if you got like, so many guys, like Wade Boggs ate chicken before every game because one time he did it and got a hit. So, like, you know, how superstitious they all are. Pedro Serrano wanted to uh, sacrifice a chicken, but they couldn't have people puking in the locker room before a game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so George the Animal Steel, though, is a funny – because he played – George the Animal Steel, this guy who was this hairy dude. He was hairy everywhere except on the top of his head. Right. He was completely bald on the top, but he had hair all over his body and he had a green tongue. He would color his tongue green when he would wrestle and he would only just go like, oi, oi. Like he never talked as a wrestler. He would say like one or two words. And then, and, but he was actually a teacher. Like when he started out. Oh, man. So he started wrestling during the summers. Then he would go back and teach. Like, and then he started making good money as a wrestler, and he just kind of quit the teaching. But like, he was not an animal, you know, person. But yeah, he made it pretty big near the I end was, of I his was career. Trying to explain what he was known for to Mrs. Uh, Elder, and I'd like what he would do is he'd like chew on the turnbuckles and spit out all like the. Foam oh, I remember rubber. that one. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird because it kind of exposed that the turnbuckles weren't like anything and people would get their heads smashed into it. It was like, but well, that's just all fluffy. That's, just, that's just like smashing somebody's head into a pillar. It kind of was, yeah. But it was funny because he would throw the, the fluffy stuff in people's faces and the bad guys had to be like, ah! Uh-huh. That reminds me of a scene in Durst and the Firestarter where the awesome main hero gets leaves thrown in his face and is blinded temporarily. Uh, that was a good scene. I, I liked it. You actually put a leaf in your glasses. That was <laughs> That's my commitment to the movie. Yeah. But um, George Zimmel Steel had a great run because uh, he was he, they did like a King Kong thing. He was infatuated with the lovely Elizabeth. And like, well, who wouldn't be? She was she, she was, was lovely. She was lovely. And Macho Man Randy Savage would get all mad. And like they had like a a, a bitter feud over that over it. It was quite it's quite hilarious. Anyway, George Zemo Steel, R.I.P. Tore one out. He did I just said rest in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> but he's great as Tor Johnson and uh, played Lobo. Um, and I'll, I guess we got we should talk about Patricia Arquette as all, as Kathy would, yeah. so- who was like okay with like Ed. Being a transvestite, and I guess that part is real in real life. She didn't care; she was fine. IRL, she was not happy that they didn't really kind of get into like his dark alcoholism in his later years. But I mean, the movie kind of cuts off at a certain point, anyways. Uh, But she was like, "Ah, "I didn't really." She did like some of the portrayal, but she said, "Like, but he really was this scumbag alcoholic at the end of his life, and you didn't show any of that." Mm. Well. You know, I, I I get why they don't, because it's sort of, I mean, the Bella stuff, I guess that's where you get your darkness from, 
is Bela Lugosi's addiction and his fall from grace and yeah, uh, Ed trying to you know redeem him in some way. Um, but I mean, the movie can only be so long. Uh, you know, you can't really delve into that until the sequel <laughs> starts doing Orgy of the Dead and other terrible stuff. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> the story really is him and Bella. Yeah, like and and Bella. I like Bella's thing where he's he's the first celebrity to check into rehab, which is and really that, I think that's, that's a funny that's note true as well. Yeah. So he he was like the first famous person to to publicly check in. I but then, like that interview, they kind of do a version of it in the movie, but they there's it film exists or video of him coming out of the sanitarium and admitting that he was uh well he he kind of said something that you wouldn't really trust if somebody came out of rehab after 90 days when you first saw them like i'm cured like no you're not cured you're still addicted but like but it was like really it was really pretty cool like this youtube video that that i came across i mean yeah i'll have to check that out in the movie, I don't even remember if this is true or not, but they, they say, like, they have to let him out because he doesn't have any more money. And, like, the Screen Actors Guild doesn't cover him anymore because he doesn't really do any movies. Yeah, I'm, not sure. I'm not sure yeah. if that's true or not. but Yeah, that doesn't seem right. But anyway, either way, they have to let him out, and he does pass away, you know. like. But they have a reel of footage that he uses in Plan 9, and then they have to recast him as Kathy... Woods, cardi- <laughs> yeah. chiropractor, right? The, yeah, and I love the fact that, like, when they're all sitting in the church, uh, you know, they're all in the pew, yes. and uh, and they're like, "Yeah, put your put your uh, arm up above your face." And they're like, "Oh my God, he does look like Bella." And then Bill Murray's like, "Now, like, badmouth Karloff." <laughs> no, well, I love the exact line. He says, "Let's hear you call Boris Karloff a cocksucker." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> the best. <laughs> so they get this poor guy who can't even show his face. He doesn't have any lines, but he's he's playing the same character as as Bella did because Bella died. It was actually funny because when they do that part in the restaurant when he first does it, I thought I was I was like, oh, is Edward gonna make a The Shadow movie? Is like that what he's doing? <laughs> saying like he because he was talking about his, his pulps and his comic books back home. You know, I was right. I'm never never lonely. It sounds like me, my pulps, my comic books at home. Uh, but yeah like it is it is wild i mean it's 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 just it's just another guy that sort of ed pulls into the you know like into the fold so to speak but um yeah i mean that that's everybody to like kind of rally around him yeah it's great that's the fun part doogie hauser's friend doogie hauser's friend yeah the kid the kid that he looks like a kid, but he's one of the guys that plays a cop. Oh, one of the he like plays a cop in like every movie. I think they like they did that. Like they were in like three movies. Conrad Brooks and Paul Marco were the two guys, yeah. and I think they were in like a bunch of Edward. And they did a lot of camera work and stuff behind the scenes. It's almost like they were like a, it was almost like the Edward universe. These same cops were in like every <laughs> the Edward cinematic universe. Yeah, the EDCU. <laughs> <laughs> so um not the ew so wait which one was 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 uh doogie hauser's friend and i don't know the guy that has the dark hair uh he was yeah he was like doogie doogie hauser's best friend on uh on the show okay. i gotta look at the yeah Never. max yeah yeah that's max casella okay yeah. there you go he looks like uh he looks like our friend lee now oh 
Yeah, he kind of does. So, um, I wonder if that's who I thought was in the Sopranos. It probably is. He's got an he's got an Italian name. Yeah, not, not to Italian be... name. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I think that's it's best to, with what they were trying to do. It's best to not delve into the you know the later years of the. Album. They, they give you a little uh, a little card at the end saying like he never did good and he died as an alcoholic. <laughs> Yeah, right. and also Bella Lugosi. I mean, like the guy's got fucking track marks up and down his arm. It's like gross, you know. Yeah, <laughs> how, how that's heavy enough. Need, yeah, how dark do we need to go? Um, right. In a Disney movie, it's it's basically a Disney movie. It's Disney Touchstone. It's, it's Touchstone, which yeah, because which is where they put... Columbia didn't want to put it out or something. Uh, black and white. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of uh, black and white. It's hard to. I guess not, but I mean, we had seen Schindler's List like a couple of years, uh, the year before, I guess, uh, and that was like a big deal. Clerks? Well, Clerks was five years after this, four years after this. No, but Clerks, maybe... came out, Clerks came out in 94. Oh my god! Why, what am I thinking? I'm completely out of... You're right. But I mean, Kevin Smith like, had to do that because it's cheaper, you know, like he didn't have any money. But this was, he wanted to make it look like, like Clay said, like a movie from the era that it was taking place in. And uh, yeah, but it's weird. People didn't want to touch it. That was a big deal back then. I remember working in the video store, people being like, oh, this is black and white. I don't want to read that. Yeah, couldn't get anyone to watch anything black and white or widescreen yeah. uh, back in those days. Yeah. Matte painting. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think, it, yeah, the track marks was, ooh, that was heavy stuff. That was Kind of gross. Um, there's also Vincent D'Onofrio as the cameo as Orson Welles. Yeah, that didn't, that didn't really happen. Um, no. Like but uh, but the voice of him is done by yeah, Maurice LaMarche, I think, who was sort of known for his Orson Welles imitation. In fact, he's the one that does it on the episode of The Critic that Terson and I often make reference <laughs> to. And he's also like, you know, Pinky in the Brain. You know, he's like, well, what are we going to do tonight? You know? Right. So. Yes. He's, he's the brain. Yeah. yeah. Is he Pinky too? I don't know. I'm not sure. I feel I, like I they were the same guy. I, I mostly knew him from, like, because he did some commentaries on episodes of Futurama because he did a lot of that stuff. But I, I think he was like Calculon and a couple of the other ones. Yeah. And he, he's um, been on. Yeah. He, D'Onofrio really like they. He really looks he like looks exactly like Orson Welles. He really that. does. Like I don't care that you know they redubbed his voice or whatever. Like, and, it's uh, probably better and that you way. You want to hear more about Movie Orson Welles? Our Transformers episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Movie right. Magic. I know. Well, way. it's just everybody. Yeah, everybody looks so much like their characters, and and especially uh, well, the thing with Bill Lugosi was like. They did some prosthetics, but they wanted his face to still be able to, like, emote. You know, like, they didn't want to cover his face too much because they wanted to be able to, it's all you know, makeup and, uh, makeup and grunting. And, uh, <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's so good. So, yeah. They didn't I mean, have to make him, like, white. Like, when they filmed WandaVision, they did a bunch of tricks like that when they were on the 50s set. They like you know he put like a lot of white powder on Martin Landau's face so that it looked better on the black and white. 
And they did a, a trick in an old uh, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde where they, to do the transformation in, in camera, they, um, they would use a lot of light and then change the gels of the, on, in front of the camera, even though they were shooting in black and white, so that it would start to show the makeup that they did, that they had done in different colors, and it would start to come oh, out. So That has nothing cool. to do with this, but, you know, that's old school cool. camera tech. Yeah, I like it. I mean, you very know, good. Dropping the knowledge. I also yeah. think this is like yeah, much in the the vein of of clerks or something like that. Like something that, as somebody that wanted to make movies, there's that you. This is another reason why you like this movie. Yeah, I it definitely. It's almost like uh, if you watch the uh, the Red Letter Media, which I will we'll plug another guy's show. I mean, why not? With the yeah, Red Letter Media, that. yeah, do a review of Ed Wood. It's one of their favorite movies um and he says yeah anybody who has made low budget movies can kind of appreciate what's going on in this movie and it's, that's another theme of the movie like ed wood like they actually have to steal that octopus <laughs> like they had to break into the studio to steal it and i love that fact at the very beginning of the movie one of the first scenes is Ed is in looking at stock footage with this old guy and the old guy's like yeah i'm probably just gonna throw it in you know and forget about it and Edward's like, I can make a whole movie out of this stock footage. Yeah. And he, he does, they do show it in Glen or Glenda, like the, the buffalo running. <laughs> Pull the string. <laughs> right. It's just so funny. And, you know, I mean, as we often say, we used to make like Durst and the Firestarter movies and all these other dumb movies. And, dumb. Uh, awesome. Stupid. You mean stupid. By dumb, I mean awesome. But, uh, yeah. They, but yeah, like when you're when you're you got to work with what you got, you know, and, and that's part of it. Yeah. They like that was perfect. Let's move on. You know, and yeah, all this now stuff. you it's could like, pay like six hundred dollars to use a license of a real video of an octopus in the ocean. That's yeah. You, you could do. probably <laughs> pop, pop down. $35 and get Jonathan Frakes to do a cameo uh, a thing <laughs> to you, you know, and you could incorporate that into the movie. Like, you'd be yeah, like, just... we need to take this call from Jonathan Frakes, oh and you'd God, be like, be so hey, good. guys, it's so great a movie to see with cameos? <laughs> pen, pending, pen, pending, pen, pending. You could write to him and be like, hey, Jonathan, can you say pull the strings? <laughs> yeah. I need you to say that. Pull the strings! We'll do a shot-by-shot right. shot remake, but just use cameo. <laughs> yeah, can you move the can you move the camera a little bit? It's my friend's birthday, and he wants you to say "pull the strings." Can you do that? <laughs> and then it cuts. You get Paul Rudd to do it, and it just it's like oh, what if you could get Johnny Depp clip. to do uh, one? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Martin Landau is no longer with us either. But uh, that would have been a good one. You just can you just do the line from Ed Wood? Yeah, all right. He probably does. Probably did would get that a lot if he was still alive. But doing cameo, be like, uh, can you just say Karloff does not deserve to smell my shit? <laughs> it's like can you um, just in, fuck you. In Spartacus, they Anthony Hopkins redubbed the line with with Tony Curtis for Olivier, I think, or something like that. So you know, Anthony Hopkins always an option as well on cameo. Oh, he'd be great. Great. Get him to pull the strings. There's another um funny thing that I sort of a joke just with us but apparently uh, I said he Johnny Depp used the Tin Man and Ronald Reagan as influences also a big influence on his performance 
Casey Kasem. That's just That's fucking funny, ponderous, my, uh, man. I have that. <laughs> I have that. Uh, I, I'm looking at my screen right now. That, that's something I copied over. But uh... if you want to hear about how Casey Kasem was an anus, listen to our Flynn Dilly. <laughs> I know. He, he does use those exact Hi. words. I'm Casey Kasem. Fucking ponderous, man. Fucking ponderous, man. So, so, did we ever, I kind of don't remember, did we ever watch Plan 9 from Outer Space as like a bad movie night? I mean, we must I don't have. think, I don't I think know. we ever did. I mean, I've sure seen it. Did. Yeah. Um, and I saw the Rift Tracks version of it, uh, but I don't recall us ever just sitting down and, and watching that. No, it's, it's tough. But I mean, as movies go, there's way worse movies, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. we've. Uh, we've probably talked about them on this uh, on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it, not even just like you take like okay, 1950s they were making some bad movies, and that that came out in 1957. But like and like you know now people say like oh man, those hands of fate is the worst movie of all time or or whatever or the room or or whatever. Or now they're saying cats that version of cats that came out. Yeah, I don't, don't want to find out. That. Apparently that's like the a thing that they're gonna they're showing at midnight. So you can go see it as like a bad movie. Stacy went to um. This was like the year pre quarantine. Stacy went to the the slut cracker. Do you know what that is? I do. Yes. <laughs> Rachel. Rachel went. To yes, the I haven't thought about that. <laughs> so that she was like, she was like, I'm going to Somerville Theater. I was like, oh shit! Like, what's playing there? I'll go over there with you guys. I don't have a ticket to the slut cracker, but I'll go see a movie. And fucking Cats was playing, and I was like, yes. So I waited for her. I, like, watched the movie, and I was like, well, I got to ride home with her later. It's really, really bad. <laughs> I haven't heard a single person say a good thing about it. No, me neither. But it was, like, pretty, it was, like, wow. Like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was kind of good to watch it for that, you know, bad movie night style. <laughs> So I mean that, but that's what Plan Nine was. It sort of, there was a, who, who, some critic wrote that book in the in like the, in 1980 or or something that's that declared Plan Nine the, the turkey like golden turkey right award. right the golden turkey awards and it declared Plan Nine is the worst movie of all time. But I mean, it's almost because it, you know, it's it's like saying Batman and Robin is the worst movie of all time, which it's really bad, but it's only because it's it's so. It's like a big budget, big, big movie. As yeah, I've like, been watching a lot of old Cisco and Ebert reviews where they do like the worst movies of 1980, whatever. And uh-huh. but they always do the movies that you were hoping that were good. They were like, we're not going to do like, you know, some stupid like sleepaway camp or something like that. You know, that's going to be bad. Right. But they they like these are the movies that you thought would be good. They have big stars. They have a budget and you, they had a director, you know. So yeah, that's that's why I discount a lot of stuff like this, like Ed Wood and stuff, because like yeah, of course it's not going to be good. Yeah, he had no money and he never reshot anything. Like, yeah, there's that great scene when the in the graveyard, which is the, you can see this in the movies when that guy says that heads that cardboard headstone obviously just <laughs> fell over. This movie's obviously you know the scrapes, and he's like. No one notices that. It's just about the big picture. <laughs> the other line that I always liked was, he's like, have you ever heard of suspension of disbelief or whatever? That's right. <laughs> and he's, he's wearing an Angora sweater. <laughs> when he says it. 
which is like we don't even re- we haven't really touched upon that. That's whole. I like to dress in women's clothing, like thing. We haven't even talked about that much, but it's it's pretty like it, it figures heavily into his story. Of course, yes, it does. But like, it's so funny because it's. It, this even in 1994, I think it was kind of ahead of its time for being not. Never mind in 1950, whatever. You know this guy dressing. They, they don't really make fun of him that much, except Sarah Jessica Parker, I guess. And what's his name, Mike Starr, was like, "What are you a fruit?" You know. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. That, the, that's what's nice about this movie is that um, uh, the 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 people that are different from society that are considered outcast they all have their group where they all accept each other and they're all cool with it and everybody's just like yeah no edward's gonna be in his in his dress and his wig and his and his bullhorn directing us yeah, and the guy that uh, has to play bill murray's Dracula gonna get like here yeah. you know like what yeah but yeah the has-been actor who's you know on his last legs like everybody's just like yeah yeah it, it's cool whatever yeah, they don't. Nobody. That's, but that's they're, the, they're not judging, and that's I think yeah. that's great. Oh, you only that's, had three hundred dollars. I uh, think that's you're still great. in the movie. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is like, yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker, who's like they use her as like the voice of reason in a way, like where she's like, reason. how can you, right, reason? She's like, how can you do that? Like, how can you? You're dressed like that. How can you like talk so seriously? And and he says, no one's bothered but you. And that's kind of yeah, like that's like the 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 like it's, it's a nice message of the movie, yeah. But Having, then she says like, "You've surrounded yourself with freaks," yeah. but like you know, she's just the yeah. angry one, you know. It's just, you right, know. right, right. I, I was just gonna say that having seen this now, like they kind of like yeah. not not ham-fistedly or anything, but like they kind of like make movies and they put stuff like this in it where it's like you know like very like you know, woke and like w- whatever like do you see it like purposely place it i was like surprised that this wasn't like a new movie the way that they addressed like him wearing women's clothing and stuff it was like always very positive like all of it right yeah they don't they don't they don't treat him as though he's unusual but that's tim burton too he was always sort of like on the outside looking in of like the cool people you know mm. So mm. he sort of understood what it was like to be different. And I think there are a lot more different people in the world than people will ever admit to. So, yeah, there's probably, yeah, yeah like <laughs> they're not so different in a way yeah. because there's a lot of them. Yeah. People just want to like go about their business and do their thing. And, like I'm a know. lumberjack and I'm okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know what I mean? There you go. There you go. Yes. Um, that is a that is a nice thing. Yeah, you can watch this movie now, and it doesn't seem dated or anything. Obviously, because but, and it also it doesn't feel like it's uh, forcing their message down your throat. I think that was sort of what Clay was getting at. With yeah, the you know, and here's another thing where it's like I've... checking off boxes of like, well, we got to right. you know put this guy in because of this demographic, and this this was very naturally woven into the story. All right, I mean, Clay, you said it's not. It's not ham-fisted, but sometimes it is kind of ham-fisted. When you see stuff now that's, like, new. You right. know what I mean? Uh, but also, here's just something I just thought of when John was talking. Like, when it also doesn't portray the um, the suppressive 50s culture in Hollywood and, like, the racism and, like, you know, the blacklist or anything like that. It doesn't, like, it just, it, it exists in that time. 
but they also don't push it from that angle either. You know, they don't like make it like, yeah, and it was so bad that Trumbo like couldn't, you know, sign his name to a screenplay and blah blah blah. McCarthyism. They don't talk about any of that stuff. They're just like, they're just like a gang of friends trying to get through it. And oh, there, here's the lady that does the TV show with the horror movies on it. She should come on over onto our team. We're all a bunch of freaks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I think one of the things they said, Tim Burton, I read a quote somewhere where he said he wanted to look at it sort of through the eyes of Ed, who was like a very positive, happy person. Like, even though he had, he probably was pretty stressed out making these bad, like uh, making these movies that were bad, but he didn't think they were bad, obviously, but like, you know, on a shoestring budget and everything. And like if that, you but don't have any money back then, you can't just like get like, a credit card. You can't, you know you can't I mean? get a like, Kickstarter don't have right? money. They yeah, that's true. Stage. Yeah, you know no, I mean? go fund me. None of that stuff, right? Like, yeah, like they have to. They just got to do what they can. You convince this guy that sells meat to give him some money. You know, right. Like, <laughs> right. Get baptized so that you can, you know, like these but these church these baptists. These baptists are stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's actually a very positive like movie. It's not. It doesn't portray them as weirdos or freaks at all, even though like they are, I guess. But that, that's not even a bad thing, I guess. Is maybe what I'm trying to say. So, it's it's a great movie. Final thoughts. What else? You got anything? Uh, what do you? Uh, yeah, I got, don't think I have anything else. All right, all right. Do you have a grade, or do you want to? I'll put uh, it? I'll grade it. All right. I give it an A minus. Very good, very good. Yes. Strong performances all around. Good script. Nice cinematography, I might add. Um, Tim Burton at the height of the good Tim Burtonness, not the Alice in Wonderland Tim Burtonness. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it's a strong film. Yeah, I agree. I there's I I say A minus. I don't know why it wouldn't just. I don't know what's really wrong with it, except it's just. It's just a. Right uh, the only yeah. thing that's wrong with it is I just want more. Uh, <laughs> it's in black and white. No, I mean I don't know. I, I I can't say. I mean I guess it does. I don't know. I I can't really think of anything bad to say. Maybe it's, it's a fun movie. It is good. Like. We, I have good memories like of seeing this with you, and we quote it all the time. It's yeah. fun in a nostalgic way, but it's also a good movie just in general. It's well we made. Refer to baseballs <laughs> as the fuckers because of this movie. <laughs> I mean, it's it, I don't care historically accurate, whatever. I read the book that it was based on. In fact, Nightmare of Ecstasy. It's it's accurate enough for me. I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. So, yeah. For all the reasons John just said and, and, and everything and else we've said. More. And, uh, yeah. And so the next one will be better. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, Clay. Uh, well, Special as guest. someone that's only seen this movie this one time, and it's like I it's like I dug a little treasure chest for myself in the backyard and decided to dig it up for this podcast. I left this Tim Burton movie in my catalog. I'll catch that later. Boy, I'm glad I did. I give it an A. Not an A minus because I give it that high grade because I want to watch it again. You guys have seen this a million times. I've only seen it the one time. So uh, I just, I love the 50s style of everything. I, it can't be a true biopic. Like 
what's the point of having Tim Burton like make this movie? It's not going to be stylized and look really great and have like really good messages in it. So I fucking give it an A, mostly because of how it looks and all the acting is just it's awesome and really fun to watch. Yeah, I mean it's not a documentary. It's still they still have to make it a a story, a drama. But um, yeah, they did such a great job with all that. It's really yeah, it's wonderful. And uh, here you go. I guess that's all we got. Let's let's. What are you want to wrap? Oh, yeah, let's wrap now. Mm. Yeah, well, let's get married. Mode of living, nineteen ninety four, monkey rentals. Um. Let's start yeah, Vegas let's right now. Married. I know it's raining. Yeah. Everybody will get that joke in six months. That's right. It'll probably stop raining when we get around the corner or whatever he says to Vegas, now. baby. Yeah. I mean, that's they, they do end it on that happy note. Like you said, it's like, hey. I don't want to end it on a down note. Right. I mean, they do the put movie. the card up there. But they ended on the, the yeah, the premiere of Plan 9. They did a it's it's happy it's a happy story for you know it could have been considered a dark a dark thing but yeah it's great I mean it was you can still watch it and not have to think about how Johnny Depp and Tim Burton have fallen from grace a little bit or, or Jeffrey well, Jones yeah <laughs> so well Tim Burton hasn't done anything weird he's just maybe made some movies he doesn't like. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's you know, yeah, Tim like, Burton could give I like, um, uh, Ed Wood a run for his money for worst movie of all time with the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, the Planet of the Apes was bad. Oh, God. It's terrible. Jesus. I had forgotten about that one. Oh, not me. It's still. It's one of the, that is a bad. That, I that, feel like Tim Burton is my best friend because I'll like once a month watch some behind the scenes interview or some TV spot about. His Batman you movie. You should watch that documentary, uh, the the death of Superman lives. I yeah, gave I to that Kickstarter that. or whatever it was way back when. Oh, good! I can have. Really? I can benefit from you paying for that. I guess so. I, I don't. Remember. Did they put the money towards the? I don't remember what my login and where it is because I watched it. That, but it was like on cable after that. Like it was on the like Hulu or YouTube. something too. So. Yeah. Fairly certain I'm saying the guy, guy that made it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Fuck. I mean, I I love early Timber. I love Nightmare Before Christmas. I love Batman. I, I love Beetlejuice. I love all the all that Edward stuff. Yeah, yeah like Mars Attacks. I did like Mars Attack. Yeah. Actually, I never I saw that Sweeney Todd. That That's well, another. I one never I did either. Seen. I got. I mean, he's basically making the same. Movie over and over again now. I feel like just remakes of these Depp. old musicals. Shit. Did he make from I hell? Think, I think they'll. No, I don't think. No, did. but Johnny Depp was in that. Yeah. But uh, uh, I think the last Tim Burton movie that I sat down and watched might have been Sleepy Hollow. Oh um, yeah, that was pretty good. But that was like yeah. twenty years ago. Yeah, I know. I haven't seen a Tim Burton movie in forever. So. Well, I don't think. This, I guess you know. I did watch Corpse Bride. It was kind of fun. But he's not in it. He doesn't, you know, it's, that's stop motion animation. He's not in it. I mean, he's not in any of his movies. But I mean, Quartz Bright, when he produced it, I should say. He wasn't, I don't think he directed it. But, uh, you know. All right. Yeah, we're, like well, let's, let's wrap up this fucker because we're doing the meandering thing that we do at the end of each episode. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because, you know, it's pretty good if the, the thing, and, you know, it's a, 
stuff and the things. Yeah, so anyway, why don't you check us out on leakpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out I Think This Is Great. Check out Clay's live. When are you doing those, Clay? What's going on? You're doing all these live. Sundays at noon. LVI <laughs> part of living. Clay Inferno on Twitch. Sundays at noon. Oh, I like that. You went bass there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do I still have to keep going? Uh, I'll just end it. I'll go down. <laughs> So, yeah, end on that, like, D-note. Um, check out RobinHoodComic.com, I guess. You know, Robin Hood Outlaw of the 21st Century, my comic book. There you go. And check out whatever John's got going on there. Yeah, sign up for a, an account at viz.com where you can get a subscription to weekly and monthly manga chapters at a low, low rate of two ninety five. Help keep this guy employed. I let her Blue Exorcist, My Hero Academia, My Hero Vigilante, some other stuff. It's like it's a lot and I lose track. Uh, so check what it out. Vizmedia.com or viz.com? I feel like usually you say vizmedia.com. Well, I might just say check out Viz Media, but um, oh, 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 oh. I don't I know. Could be wrong. Google it. Yeah, just Google Viz. Google Viz, yeah. So I think it's just it is Viz.com. So there you oh, go. Oh, okay, good. Sorry. And uh, and uh, also check out the Fist of the North Star, which just came out in a, a three hundred page, uh, you know, uh, hardcover collection that I that I did the lettering and retouch on. So there you go. Three hundred that, pages. That's what connects oh, you God, to was, uh, yeah, that was, um, Method Man. You can, you, is that? Oh, is that what it was? Method Man goes, "I'm the true fist of the North Star." There we go. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was also the video I did for the Comic Con at home or whatever. That was me oh, working on. Just, oh, very good. Check that out on right. our YouTube channel, which there's stuff up there. You guys should check it there out. There you go. There's trailers and stuff. That's right. That is. Forget to check out. Thanks for another world. Oh wait. Eh, they don't sponsor us anymore. No, I know. I just like the way you Jerks. always say it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we should we probably make get like one tenth of one percent if somebody clicks on our thing and buys a, a comic from our comic pick. So you can still plug them. Yeah, sure. We make we'll one tenth of one percent. <laughs> we have a few bucks in our uh, share or sale account uh, and, and in our anchor. You can but go to never anchor. for a check. <laughs> no, we can cash out. I think anytime we want. It just seems stupid to cash out. I, uh, well, it depends which which outlet you're talking about. But Anchor, yeah, we were in Anchor. You can listen Buy to our stocks. podcast on Anchor. Buy and, stocks uh, yeah. and GameStop. Just yeah, just go do that. Just just you're better off doing that instead of giving us money. We're rich. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you later. Adios. I like to dress in women's clothing.